I want to I wanna share a word this morning that as I was preparing, I said, Johannes, I really felt that as I was, you know, just studying the word in this topic, I felt like this is not just a Sunday sermon. This is actually a prophetic word for us going into 2024. And so I pray that if this is your church home, that you'll receive it for yourself, for your family, for your business, for whatever area of life that you're involved in, receive it for you. Amen. This is a word not just for us as a church, but for every individual who's planted in this church. And so this morning, I want to talk about the topic of the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord, living in the favor of the Lord. I'm going to pray for us before we get started. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is a double-edged sword, and it cuts through bone and marrow, revealing the innermost parts of our hearts. And we pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would speak a rhema word, a word in season this morning to every one of our hearts. And that we will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Speak through me today, Lord, and speak to every one of us. Speak to our church. We will listen, and Lord, we want to say up front, our answer is yes. We want to go where you go. We want to follow you in everything that we do. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to read you this before we get started. The only reason why I'm reading it is because if I try and say it out of my head, I think I'm going to forget half of it. But I want to say this. Who believes that we are in challenging, unprecedented times in our world right now? In our world from COVID to the economy to what's happening, this woke movement, all the things in this world, natural disasters, things have gone crazy. We're definitely entering into the end times. Can we agree on that this morning? Amen. But I believe, and we've seen, we've heard so many prophetic words over the last couple of weeks speaking about this particular topic of God's favor. And I believe this is what many of, of these and what we feel on our hearts as well, is that God is preparing to release his divine favor on people that he's been quietly raising up behind the scenes. And I want to say not just people and individuals, but the church, his church. I'm talking about the church that walks in righteousness, the church that is not scared to share the full truth of the Word of God. I believe we are that church, one of those churches. And this divine favor will give His children access to places, people, and things for the purposes of the kingdom. Amen? This favor will set people apart to receive what they haven't sown, to inherit what they didn't build, I pray that you're listening this morning to receive what they haven't sowed, to inherit what they didn't build, to create acceleration in purposes that would normally take generations to bring forth. Generations, acceleration. This favor is not fair. I said this favor is not fair. It gives us unfair advantage Opportunities that we could never get ourselves, positions of authority we could never educate ourselves for or self-promote our way into. And at the same time, this favor is for others. God's grace, favor, and blessing upon individuals will prove to the world that He is real. I fully believe with all of my heart, church, we're entering a new season as a church and as the church of Jesus Christ, where we are going to walk in divine favor and see some things move and see the world being shaken upside down like the early apostles, like the early church. I pray that you are hearing what I'm saying this morning. All right? But we have a choice to make whether we want to walk in this flow, whether we want to enter into this stream. Not every child of God is going to walk and enter this stream. Amen? It doesn't just fall into our laps. Divine favor will not just fall into our laps as children of God. We have to take a step to get into the river. 
One of the prophetic words over us as a church that I felt the Lord bringing up again and again and again is that we will harvest what we did not plant. That's called divine favor. Certain things will break over over us that we did not even contend for. Why? Not because we're special, because of God's divine favor, because of His grace and because of His mercy. You will harvest where you did not plant. And I remember particularly in our journal writing down one night where we were spoken over, prophesied over, where the Lord said to us, this was before we even moved to Namibia, when we were still in Cape Town. I think we just got married. It was somewhere after our wedding day. And the Lord said, you will watch me do it. And you will stand astounded over what you will see me accomplish. Does that get anyone else excited, or is it just me and Johannes? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you see every hand. Let it be unto us. You will watch me do it and stand in awe. Church, this is called the divine favor of God, and I want to encourage us strongly. I feel like it's a It's a prophetic word this morning. It's a prophetic word for us as a church, for you as individuals, that if you hear it, if you make the decision to step into that river, you will step into that divine favor over 2024. And who knows that the Lord doesn't even work in our 2023, 2024. We just know it's a new season. Amen. We are going to fill our speech, and this is where I want to move this morning. This is why I want to end today. We are going to fill our speech with faith. We are going to get rid, and I felt this personally, that we need to get rid of the scarcity mentality where we look towards what the economists are telling us, where we look towards what even the people over the weather are saying, what we listen to so-called experts. I don't care who's what of an expert. The king of kings said, we are going to walk in divine favor, and therefore I'm going to proclaim it. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to line up my mouth, my mind, my heart, my uh, everything that I do with the word of God so that I can walk in the divine favor of God, so that I can fulfill my destiny. This church will fulfill her destiny. And if you are part of it, you are going to walk with us in that. Is anyone else in this morning in Jesus' name? Come on, Lord, let it be unto them. The time for small mindsets, doubt, fear, and scarcity are over in Jesus' name. I don't care what it says in the natural. I don't care what the Nisi. Johannes and I often watch France 24, what.com, something like that, for the news. And sometimes I just laugh out loud. I'm not saying ignore reality. I'm saying, is the word of God bigger than the reality of the world around me? So this morning, what is my game plan? My game plan is to lift your faith to a whole nother level this morning. Not because I'm, I don't know, whatever, but because the word of God releases faith. When we speak the word of God, it releases faith into the atmosphere. So our hearts need to be open to receive that. And I said, Johannes, I am personally so excited. I jumped up this morning And I just couldn't wait to bring the word this morning because I feel with everything inside of me, this is a word for those who will receive it this morning. You do not not want to have the divine favor of God upon your life. Who does not want the divine favor of God upon your life? Okay, awesome. Fantastic. All right, everyone say, I am divinely favored. Say it like you mean it with faith. I am divinely favored. Come on. All right. You can tell I'm on mission this morning. So this word, with all the love of the world, this this word this morning is for anyone and everyone who's hungry to fulfill their destiny. If that's not you, that's okay. Then just enjoy the service. But this word is for people who are fully convinced in their hearts and souls and spirits that they want to achieve the purpose of God for their life. I, I want to say this with the most love in the world. This is where we are going. Hierdie trein hardloop op daai spoorlijn. Okay, and so the divine favor of the Lord is going to be upon us and our church. Cool. So what is the favor of the Lord? Let's maybe start there. Favor is what balances the scales into our favor. What opens up doors for us that no man can shut. 
What puts us in positions of authority that we couldn't educate ourselves for or self-promote ourselves into? What puts us in positions in front of kings and queens? Kings and queens in the Bible represent people of higher authority than us. Places of favor where you don't even know how you got there, but somehow you have favor with people in high places that can open doors, that can make things happen that you never could do on your own. The divine hand of God. And so as we, this is such a big topic and I only have this morning, I think I'm only preaching again at the end of the month, so I tried to bring everything together that I, wanna, that I felt like the Lord wanted to share around this topic of divine favor that will be helpful for us to have a scriptural foundation for it this morning, because I believe that will stir our faith when it is actually based in scripture. And so I'm going to share four principles, if you're taking notes, but it's also in you version, four principles this morning that just touches on the beginning part, because this is a big topic. Um, and so the first principle that I want to share this morning is we have all, by all I mean children of God, we have all received God's grace and undeserved favor when we were born again. All right? So the moment I accepted what Jesus has done on the cross for me, his divine, because grace in the Bible actually means unmerited favor. It's translated as unmerited favor. So the moment I accepted Jesus Christ, what he had done on the cross for me, I became a child of God. I became born again. And I have the love of God in my life that will never, ever change. Amen. Can we agree on that this morning? God's love for you and me as a child of God will never, ever change. He will not love you more tomorrow than he already loves you today. That is our portion forever. Ephesians 1 verse 5 to 6, if you want to turn there. Ephesians 1, verse 5 to 6 says this, He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the kind intention and the good pleasure of his will. And here it is, verse 6, To the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he so freely bestowed upon us. In the beloved, his son, Christ Jesus. So when we talk about the favor of God, I want us to firstly understand the first principle is that the love of God for you, his child, will never, ever change. You have received it. If you have been born again, you have inherited eternal life. And God loves you. doesn't matter. He's forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. He'll never stop loving you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But now, when I talk about the favor of the Lord... That is something different. The favor of the Lord, grace, as we said, is often interchanged in the translations between Greek and Hebrew and English as the same word. But favor is something different. Favor is something, divine favor. I'm talking about the favor that we've been speaking about now that can do things in the supernatural that we can never do on our own. That divine favor of God is something that we can grow in based on our walk of righteousness. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And so I want us to understand that difference. Favor is closely related to grace. We are saved by grace through faith. In other words, when I am saved, when I'm born again, this is what we do in the second class of the new members. We talk about what does it mean being born again? What do we believe the Bible actually teaches? It's very important when you go to a new church that you understand what we believe. Because all the teaching you will receive will be based from that place of what we believe Scripture teaches. And so the Bible says when we are born again, we are completely righteous. Which means we're in right standing with God the Father. In other words, when Urandi stands in front of the Father, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees the righteous one because she has accepted what Jesus has done for her on the cross. That is her stand of righteousness. In the spiritual realm, I'm righteous. But now what does the Bible also teach us? That my soul realm still needs to come in alignment with what I've decided in the spirit. My mind, my will, my emotions still has to walk a walk of righteousness. In other words, I still have to choose every day to walk in the ways of the Lord. We refer to that as my walk of righteousness, my sanctification. In other words, this is where the Holy Spirit starts and he takes this, 
because I'm, I'm still in the flesh the same person, but now he makes me more like Jesus, my walk of righteousness. And this is where we get to choose every day to walk in the ways of the Lord. And the more you and I will choose to walk in the ways of the Lord, to walk in obedience, to seek him with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, to learn how to put him first, to receive healing in every area that we've been wounded, to pursue the things of the kingdom, to pursue my calling, that's where we grow in favor. And I'm going to show that to you from Scripture. Does that make sense so far this morning? His love and grace for us we receive by faith. But divine favor we can grow in. For die wat Afrikaans is, Godse bonatierlijke guns. Guns is favor. His supernatural divine favor. All right. But you know, the truth is, is that as we spoke in our volunteer meeting this morning, not every believer walks in the divine favor of God. We're all loved by the Lord, but not everyone walks in the divine favor. Why? Because some people choose not to walk in righteousness. Some people choose not to be led by the Holy Spirit. Some people choose not to pursue their kingdom calling and divine destiny. But those who do, step by step, we don't arrive in one day, we'll only arrive when Jesus comes back. But those who choose, the Lord will bestow his divine favor upon. Because remember, his divine favor is for the purpose of others. It's for the purposes of his kingdom. His divine favor is not so we can just, you know, satisfy our flesh and get every car and every house and every material thing that we need, even though the Lord will bless us materially, okay? We're not, we're not preaching a poverty gospel, but we are saying that divine favor is so much more than just getting something that our flesh wants. It's actually for the purposes of the kingdom. It's for the purpose of others. And so... This growing in favor as I'm doing a study, and I think I'm going to continue this study because I feel like there's so much more. And maybe as we go into the end of this year and into next year, we'll teach more on this and we'll unpack this more because I believe there's so much more layers to understanding and walking in the divine favor. But divine favor has three, it touches on three concepts. Number one, I believe, if you're taking notes, it touches on stewardship and faithfulness. Stewardship and faithfulness. Remember, Jesus said, when you are faithful with little, you will be faithful with much. How things work in the kingdom is that God will not entrust us with more in his kingdom if we're not going to be faithful with the little that we have now. We cannot ask the Lord to give us divine favor, but we refuse to be faithful with the little that we have right now. That's not how divine favor works. So I believe it's closely related to stewardship. How do I steward everything that the Lord has given me? And that includes my family, my spouse, my children, a business the Lord gave us. It can be whatever the Lord has put in my hand, resource, time, you know, all of those things we get to steward. How faithful are we with what we have received? Number two Growing in favor has to do with the concept of obedience. Many believers are believers, but they're not necessarily disciples of Jesus. Remember, we speak about discipleship often. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus and does what the Word says. Sometimes we miss it, sometimes we don't get it wrong, but at least we are attempting to be obedient. At least we are wanting to hear what the Lord is saying, and we want to put action to the word of God. We want to do what the Lord tells us to do. Divine favor increases as our obedience increases. If I'm never going to be obedient to the word of God, I cannot expect divine favor to be upon my life. Amen. Number three, I believe that growing in favor has to do with how we seek the Lord in our everyday life. You know that the Lord created us for what purpose? God created humans, human beings, for fellowship. God wants a relationship with you and I. When we wake up in the morning, He wants to be the one to speak to you. He wants to be 
in my presence. He wants to be in your presence. He wants fellowship. And I believe that is one of the things that even if we never do anything for the Lord, even if we never walk in any gifting or have any kind of calling, our first calling, I think we actually said that in the calling course, is to be in an intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He loves us. He wants to be in relationship. And I'm going to share examples in the Bible of how I saw divine favor on people's lives. And I believe purely they had the divine favor because they were habitually fellowshipping with the Lord. They were seeking Him wholeheartedly every single day, every single week. Lord, what are you telling me? Lord, what are you busy with in my life? Lord, I want to know you. Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your kingdom. I want to understand. I don't just want to listen to someone preaching on a Sunday. I want to hear from you. I want to learn your word. I want to know and understand your ways. That is something that pleases the Father heart of God. Have a look at this scripture. This is so profound to me. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that he may support those whose hearts are immovable. I'm going to read that again. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, so that he may support those whose hearts are completely his. That's speaking of seeking the Lord, wanting to be known by him, wanting to know him. It releases divine favor because it pleases the Lord when we seek Him. And so we, we are saying that to grow in this divine favor, it has to do with these concepts, stewardship and faithfulness, obedience, and seeking an intimate relationship with the Lord. Those are the foundations. What is the second principle? The second principle, and I've already actually spoken about that, is that we can grow, we can increase in favor as a believer, as a child of God. Remember, this is not for people who have not accepted Jesus. I can't expect the divine favor of a God I have not even decided to accept to be my Lord and Savior. So principle number two, we can grow and increase in favor with God and man. Go to 2 Peter 3 verse 18. 2 Peter 3 verse 18. And I've chosen the old Amplified because it explains it so beautifully. And Peter tells the church this. He says to them in verse 18, But grow in grace, in the undeserved favor, spiritual strength, recognition, knowledge, and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Grow in grace and undeserved, unmerited favor. As we said before, we have received the fullness of God's love for us, but we can grow in His favor. We can grow in how the Lord's hand is upon us for fulfilling our purpose and fulfilling our destiny. And I want to read to you two examples of this, particularly where it spells it out. And, and this, if we go into the depths of this, there's a beautiful sermon that we can practically build this out, but we don't have time for that today. But I'm going to chase you around in the Bible this morning. Is that okay? We can do it in Bible Come on. Summertime is coming. We're going to get spiritually fit as well. 1 Samuel 2, verse 26. 1 Samuel 2, verse 26. But the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and with men. This was when he was a young boy. Do you remember that story where Samuel got up three times and he ran to Eli, the priest, and he was like, yes, in the middle of the night, he heard Samuel, Samuel. And then he would run up to the priest and Eli would be like, no, it wasn't me. Three times. And it was actually the Lord starting to train him up to be a prophet. And so he became such a profound prophet, but the Bible says that even he continued to grow in stature and favor with God and with man. Isn't that interesting? God will grow us in favor with himself and with man. Remember that. All right. New Testament. Hard op nou weer heel te maar voor en toe tot by Lukas 2. Luke 2. 
This is the account where it shares a little bit of Jesus' childhood. And so the Bible doesn't share much with us. In fact, it doesn't share anything between the ages of 12 and 30 when he started his public ministry. But there's one scripture that tells us something about what happened in Jesus' life in those years. I'm going to read two. The first one is Luke 2, verse 40. But before we get to that, it says in verse 39, and this is something profound for parents. Who's believing God's divine favor to be on your children? I believe that's every parent's prayer, hey? You want to see God's divine favor upon your children. Well, if you're reading in your Bible, have a look. It's not on the screen. Verse 39 says, and when they, this is Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, when they had done everything in connection with Jesus' birth, according to the law of the Lord, they went back to Galilee, their own city in Nazareth. In other words, they did everything as parents to position their child to receive the favor of the Lord. Everything that God instructed them as parents to do, they did. And then the Bible says in verse 40, And the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, spiritual blessing of God was upon him. There is something that we can do as parents to position our children to grow in favor. Amen. Luke 2, verse 52, just go on 10 verses. This is all that the Bible teaches us about Jesus' childhood years. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, if Jesus kept increasing in favor with God and man, how much more do you and I have an opportunity to increase in favor with God and man? Jesus is our example, the Bible says, in everything. And so what does the word favor actually mean? I love, you know, I love a good word definition. Well, the Greek word is charis, charis, and it says this, it's on the screen. It translates as grace, pleasure, delight, loving kindness, and this I felt was really, really good, recompense and reward. Recompense and reward. The state of kindness and favor towards someone, often with a focus on a benefit given to the object. You know, sometimes I find it interesting that people find it very hard to receive a word or a sermon where we say that God wants to bless you. If we do not understand and have a theological foundation that God is good and God rewards those who seek Him, Maybe it's time to lay that foundation because that is the God that we serve. If we did not serve a good God, the cross would not even have happened. And some of us have grown up with a picture of the Lord. And, and sometimes when we talk to people, I even remember I grew up with a very distorted picture of the Father. Based on my own understanding, my father passed away when I was six. And so the idea of a father was just a foreign concept to me because I didn't have that example. Some of us didn't have amazing fathers. Some of us had wounded fathers. Some of us had no fathers at all. But that doesn't mean our heavenly father fits that description. And so this is, it taps into that foundation that God is a good God and that the Bible says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so that's really a foundation that I pray that the Holy Spirit will lay and so in Afrikaans say that it fast is by ons for oogend. Dit moet fast, dit moet skyf, as dit nie so is nie, dit moet skyf for oogend. If it doesn't, we will not step into that river of that divine favor of the Lord. Because if I don't expect that my father will take care of me and move on my behalf, and sometimes we don't think, we sing the songs, but when we're in a difficult position or we're in a challenging season, it will reveal what do we really believe about the Father. It would reveal what kind of faith do we have. And I really believe that God wants to break open that side of His Father heart to us this morning. Is that okay? I really believe that that's what He wants to do. Principle number three, walking in righteousness, and we're going to expand on this, walking in righteousness will release divine favor upon your life. Walking 
in righteousness will release divine favor upon your life. There is something about choosing to walk in righteousness, choosing the narrow way, choosing the obedience way that will release divine favor. Seeking God's affection and heart attracts his divine favor. Psalm 5 verse 12. And this is a key scripture that you can underline. Psalm 5 verse 12. David prays this, and he was actually in a very challenging season when he prayed this. And he said this, For you, O Lord, bless the righteous man, the one who is in right standing with you, and you surround him with favor as with a shield. You surround him with favor as in a shield. That shield was the same shield that the Roman soldiers would use in, old, uh, in biblical times that would be larger than life. It would be bigger than, like you could stand and hide behind that shield. So it's not like a little thing that he puts in your hand. His favor surrounds you completely like a shield when we walk in righteousness. Because why? It pleases God's heart. It pleases him. You know when you I, I'm picking on the parents this morning because I believe that God wants to give a parental word this morning. Who knows that it pleases your heart when your children are just so obedient, when they just listen to what you say, and they just do what you ask them to do. They don't fight. They don't rebel. They don't question. They don't do something behind your back. Oh, that's seeing on The Father is the same. It just blesses his heart, not when we do it perfect, but when we just attempt to take a step, Lord, I just want to understand, how do I obey? Lord, I'm struggling. Just start where you're at. Just start where you're at. You know, that's what the Lord is looking for. I want to go to Genesis 39, the story of Joseph. And this is a story that Probably the first example that everyone thinks about when we talk about the favor of the Lord, we think of Joseph. We think of how the hand of the Lord was on this young man's life in a ridiculous way. But there's so much in this story. I just want to touch on a few things. But this was someone who experienced the favor of the Lord upon his life because he chose to see God and he chose to walk in righteousness. This is Old Testament. He chose to walk in righteousness. Have a look at this. We're only going to read some of his story. If you're in Genesis 39, you can go to verse 2. Verse 2 to verse 4. And we don't have time to go through, as I said, his entire story. But remember, Joseph, Joseph was his dad's favorite. Okay? And then his brothers got jealous and they sold him into slavery. And he managed to find his way to Egypt. So basically, he was trafficked. And his brother sent him there. But this is what the Bible says, verse 2, Genesis 39, verse 2. But the Lord was with Joseph. And he, even though a slave, became a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And now his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper and succeed in his hand. So Joseph pleased Potiphar, who was his master of the house, and found favor in his sight. And he served him as his personal servant. And Potiphar made Joseph an overseer over his house. And he put all that he owned in Joseph, Joseph's charge. So how was Joseph favored by the Lord? Joseph was favored, and even though he was a slave, they were not supposed to, they didn't have any rights. I mean, it's the same as any concept of slavery. But the Bible says that the Lord prospered him and made everything that he touched successful. In other words, that's the divine favor of the Lord. When a slave prospered, this is also talking about material blessings, by the way. He prospered because the hand of the Lord was upon him. He became successful even though he was a slave. He became the oversight, a position that he was not qualified to be in because of favor. He wasn't an Egyptian. He didn't grow up in, in the Egyptian culture. He didn't grow up in any of those things, but he was put in a position that someone with his background should never have been, but he was there because of the favor of the Lord. And 
The Bible also says that the Lord blessed Potiphar's household because of Joseph. By the way, they were all pagans. None of them served the Lord. The Lord still blessed them because of Joseph, one righteous guy. Could it be that your workplace is blessed because you are there? Could it be that your home is blessed even though you are the only one serving the Lord in your household? That's called the divine favor of the Lord. God only needs one righteous person to bestow his blessings upon. And I believe that is so profound, how he walked in favor. You can have favor in the pit and you can have favor in the palace. Favor is not always in the good seasons. We can have even favor like Joseph when he was in the pit, when he was in jail. The Bible says even when he was thrown into jail, he had favor with the jailer and became the oversight in the jail. Favor doesn't matter what season we are in. We can walk in divine favor. And favor also doesn't mean that we won't have challenges, that we won't have opposition, that we won't have things that come against us. The Bible says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was highly favored. She was a pregnant, unmarried teenage girl. Her fiance wanted to leave her and end the engagement because he didn't yet realize that it was the Holy Spirit that impregnated her. But the Bible says she was highly favored. So favor has many sides to it, amen? Are you still with me this morning? But you know what is interesting? I said, Johannes, as I was studying, I have to just include this point. This was so profound to me. As you read through the story of Joseph, the Bible says that even though the Lord prospered him and he made him oversight under Potiphar, Potiphar's wife saw that he was a very handsome young man. And it says that she tried to seduce him, tried to get him to sleep with her, and this was his reaction. He said, how can I do this to my master and most importantly to my God and do evil in his sight? This was before the law was given. Yet look at his heart's posture. He decided to walk in righteousness no matter his position. He could have easily thought the Lord had abandoned him. He might as well just now do what he wants because the wife of the master could have easily given him favor in everything else he needed favor in, in that scene and in that time. She could have opened doors for him if he said yes to her. That could have put him in an even greater position. But here's what I'm learning. Here's what I felt the Lord shared in my heart is that favor will be tasted. Tasted how? Through temptation. Was Joseph able to depend on God's favor to get him to the position and the place that he wanted to be or needed to be? Or would he have surrendered in that place of temptation to try in the flesh and get favor, get to a place where he needed to be through his own strength and his own efforts? I felt like that is a word for us this morning, that favor of God will be tested with temptation. How many times are we tempted in our Christian journey to get ourselves to a place. Maybe it's a position. Maybe it's a place of recognition. Maybe it's a ministry that we want to launch before God's timing. And there are people that want to give us favor and there's an opportunity to compromise. Maybe it's a business deal that we want to get to. Maybe it's a breakthrough that we want to get to. And the temptation is to accept some type of shortcut to get to a place or a position or a breakthrough where God actually wants us to depend and wait on him for his favor. That can sometimes be a thing that we need to be mindful of. Favor will be tested, but when we follow the Lord, he will help us and give us a way out of temptation. Are we depending on God's divine favor to open doors for us, or will we compromise to be in good standing with people or business partners or whoever? to try and do something in our own flesh. That's just a warning that we need to take heed to. Whatever we try to do in the flesh will obstruct the divine favor of God in our lives. I'm not going to share the details, but I felt in the last couple of weeks reminded of this thing, and I shared it with Johannes again. There's something that God put on my heart for our church for the future. 
that we will need his divine favor for. There's no way in the natural we can open doors like that. But there have been temptations for us to step into it in the flesh. And the Lord is reminding us again, are you going to be dependent on my favor to open the door supernaturally? And you will know what that is for you when you're in that moment. When you walk in righteousness and when you walk with the Holy Spirit, the Lord will show you, hey, you're trying to do this in your own strength. Wait upon the Lord. Wait for His Word. Wait for His Holy Spirit before we just run ahead of the Lord. Moses was another person that found favor of the Lord. Let's go to Exodus 33. Exodus 33 verse 13. This was his prayer to the Lord. And he said to him in verse 13, Moses said, Lord, now therefore I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I might know you. Listen to his heart posture. So that I might know you. Not, Lord, that you can bring breakthrough for me and this huge Israelite nation that you've called me to lead by myself. No, Lord, so that I, I pray for favor so that I might know you. If our prayer can be for favor to know the Lord, not just what he can do for us. Who knows when your children come up to you and you know they're looking for something. They're being nice because they're looking for something. It's the same with the Lord. He wants us to just come to him to know him, not just for what he can do for us. So that I might know you becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more deeply, that I might find grace and favor in your sight and consider also that this nation is your people. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in verse 17, the Lord answers Moses and he says, I will also do this thing that you have asked. For you have found favor, loving kindness and mercy in my sight. Ooh, and I have known you personally by name. I'm like, Lord, can you, t can you say that about me? Marissa, I have known you personally by name. I want to be known personally by the Lord. I want to know him intimately. Because ultimately everything else that we have, blessing-wise, favor-wise, breakthrough-wise, comes from a place of intimacy and fellowship. That's really the goal, amen. And how was Moses favored? If you continue to read through that entire scripture and passage, the Lord said to Moses that he will make his goodness pass before him. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face like a friend would speak to a friend. I don't know that it says that about anyone else in the Bible. Hoe sal ons voel as die Heere vir ons sê, kan jy net gaan omdraai, ek wil my goedheid voorbij jou laat kom. Yes, Heere, pik me. Noah found favor with the Lord. Genesis 6 verse 8, and we're almost there. Noah found favor with the Lord. This is profound to me. Genesis 8, 6 verse 8, Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. But if you continue to verse 9, it says that Noah was the only righteous man in his evil generation. The only one on the face of the planet. That's why the Lord wiped out the whole planet. There was only one righteous man. This was before Jesus. One man that decided in his heart, Lord, I'm going to walk in your ways. Despite what everyone else around me is doing, a yellow evil generation, I will be the only one. This big courage this picky boldness, this picky righteousness. And it says he walked in habitual fellowship with the Lord. How was Noah favored? Well, he was the only person put into the ark with his entire family and saved. Everyone else was wiped out. Sorry, evil generation, no favor. I know this is Old Testament, but I'm making the principle of how important righteous and my walk of righteousness is. And how it is connected to God's pleasure upon my life. His delight. He loves me no matter what. But that favor, that pleasure, that delight is what we're talking about. Samuel found favor. David found favor. Mary found favor. Jesus found favor. Did you know that the early church found favor with the Lord? In Acts 2 verse 47, it says that they were added to their numbers daily. It's not on the screen, but I think I have a note here. It says that the early church praised God continually having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord continued to add to their number daily those who were being saved. What favor did the church have? They had favor with God. The Lord added people to their number daily. People kept listening to their messages. People kept coming. And the Bible says that they sold all of their possessions and they helped everyone else who was in need. No one was in lack. I believe that is a pleasure, a delight of the Lord on a church like that. Because it's a church that walks in righteousness. It's a church that is obedient. It's a church that lives by faith. In Jesus' name. What did all of these people in the church have in common? Faithfulness, obedience, righteousness, habitual fellowship with the Lord, and faith. I want to read you a scripture in Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says this, but without faith, everyone say without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must believe that He exists, number one, and number two, that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. There it is. Can you see like the whole narrative is coming together? God rewards faith and righteousness with his favor. He's a rewarder. This is good news. This is something to be cheering about. This is something to go, yes, Lord, your hand is upon my life. Even if I miss it here and there, my heart is in the right place. And I believe the password for divine favor is faith. It's the password for favor. It's faith. We must believe that he's a rewarder. We must believe that he's a good God. Even in the hard seasons, even in the difficult seasons, Joseph was in a pit, then he was in a jail for something he didn't do for 13 years, but the hand of the Lord was upon him. And eventually he said, you intended to harm me, he told his brothers, but God did it all for my good and he became the highest authority in the entire of Egypt, fulfilling the dream that God gave him as a young teenager. God's ways are not our ways, but his favor will be upon us when we walk by faith, when we walk in righteousness, and when we choose. Jere, ek is klaar met die wereld en die halfhartige approach. Can I just be 100% in? Can I just be 100% in? We're not doing it perfect, but at least both feet are in the kingdom. Amen? Come on. Dankie, jere, ek raak so my opgewonde. All right. I remember examples of favor for us. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to name random examples. You maybe have your own examples of how God's favor did things in your life and achieved things. I remember when we were about to get married, Johannes and I, we had, ach, ons was We just didn't have anything. And I had a Pinterest wedding planned. I had an idea. Every woman dreams of her wedding since, I don't know, she can think, since she... Since she was born, she's planning this wedding, Mana. Okay, she's got an idea in her head. And I remember we just prayed. And I was like, okay, Lord, I surrender my Pinterest board and all of that. And you know what? God's favor was upon us. We just trust. We decided we're just going to trust him. Whatever we have, we have. We just wanted to get married and we wanted to do things God's way. We didn't live together before we got married. We didn't sleep together before we got married. We just felt like God's call was on our lives and we needed to walk a path of righteousness. I'm not telling this because we think we're cute. I'm just sharing our testimony. And we did it and God's favor was upon us. Our, our honeymoon we received finance for our bookings, our, even the, the legal papers, someone funded that for us, someone funded flowers, someone did my makeup for free, a photographer offered their services for free, the venue, we got a crazy discount on basically everything, we got it for I don't know how much, not nearly what it was worth, and we just had all the favor we felt like of the Lord, and I had a Pinterest wedding. It was a small wedding, but everything was provided for supernaturally. And I believe it is because it was attached to righteousness and faith. And if God, God is not a respecter of persons, if God can do something like that, which was just a personal prayer, you know, the way that we had a, our wedding probably had nothing to do with the call of God. It was, you know, Psalm 37 says God delights in the pleasures of our heart as well. You can make the desires of your heart known to the Lord. Anyway, I did, that wasn't even in my notes. 
Okay, let's focus. Our church, first church building, when we went to the barn, we came here, we shared this story multiple times. We had a spreadsheet of over 50 venues, venue after venue after venue. If it wasn't too expensive, they didn't want to rent to a church. If they didn't want to rent to a church, it was a school that said, we're not allowed to rent to anyone else. In that and that, was and we came to the last venue. And this lady said to us, the owner of the building, and she said to us, many churches have asked me, and I don't know why, whenever you hear that, I don't know why, but I feel I should say yes to you. That's the divine favor of the Lord. And I'm going to do this. I remember even JC uh, and the church that we were sent from in Cape Town, when lockdown happened, the Lord moved them into double the size venue that they were in before, in lockdown. When the whole world was shutting down and shrinking down, JC's church increased by double measure. I remember he sharing a story even for this venue that they went in, which was obviously, I don't know, 10 times the rent they paid before. The door opened in lockdown. Then lockdown, they moved in and everything. And then lockdown happened. They couldn't have services. And they were praying, okay, Lord, how are we going to afford if we can't, if people don't come, people don't tithe, people don't give, how are we going to pay the rent? And the owner of the building called him one day and he said, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I like you. And if you guys don't have the money to pay the rent, then you don't have to. Just give what you have for the entire lockdown period. Who owns property and just feels like you can do things like that? No, it's the hand of the Lord. I don't know why, but the hand of the Lord is upon you. I remember even in our second year, I'm just going to share a couple of testimonies. Why? Because testimonies prophesy faith into your heart this morning. Whatever it is you need favor for, start trusting God for it. Come on, amen. I remember even in our, was it our first year or our second year? We were praying, we desperately needed a four by four. Want Johannes wil gaan uitreike doen en hy het al die woord vir uitreike in die woendu en I'm seeing Namibia, it's sand, it's rough terrains. I'm like, we're going to need a four by four. Someone calls us and says, we didn't know them too well, but they called us out of the blue and they said, can you come to our house tonight? And I'm like, oh, Nia, I need to prepare. I think I was preaching and like my time was limited and I was like, maybe it's, it's a difficult conversation or something. Whenever someone calls the pastor, there's one for two good people can talk or they're happy or they're unhappy. And I was like, I, I don't have time for this meeting. And we arrived at their house and they said, we don't know why, but we feel to bless you with a four by four. True story. Wasn't a brand new, it was secondhand, but it was exactly what we needed. And so many other things that were testified that God spoke to other people before that spoke of that particular blessing, even the, the type of vehicle, even the color of the vehicle, to the specifics. We don't know why, but we feel this is something we have to bless you with. Okay, there was something else that happened. I was trying to remember, even in that first year, we were trusting the Lord to go on holiday. Okay, we were planting in lockdown. We were tired. We were like, oh, Lord, did we miss our calling? We just want, and in fact, no, I think we went, it was in the first year of lockdown, and I think, yeah, we wanted to go to Itosha. I've never been to Itosha, and so we were just trusting God, and, you know, naturally, we just couldn't afford it, and, you know, you know those things where you just park. You, and so we didn't even actively pray for it. And I remember someone showing up at our house. Lady acts a clocky, what call, and they show up with a little envelope. And it was exactly what we needed for the booking for that holiday. Just randomly, they didn't know. We didn't talk to anyone about it. I remember even when we came here, we, we came, we sold everything we had in Cape Town, and we had two camping chairs. I'll never forget how we sat in that living room. And we had two camping chairs. That was our furniture. And I was like, oh, here, when we have the launch team around of people, we want to use this house for your kingdom. We want to have the team around. We want to build a launch team. We don't have a place to meet. This is the place where we will meet. But we don't want to tell people, come and bring your own chair to our house. He's a bit scared, eh? And... Um, I remember someone, again, showing up at the house, ringing a bell. We need to trust God for more of those stories. We had so much in the beginning. And 
this lady, she wasn't even part of our church. I didn't actually even know her. I think I met her once at some Bible study group or something when we just arrived. And she gave me an envelope, and it was exactly the amount of money we needed for the six-seater that I wrote down a price in my diary that we were trusting the Lord for. This favor, divine favor, and if God can do it for us, He can do it for you. I mean, last principle before we get to communion. It's okay, this is going to be so good for you. Seeking wisdom releases favor in your life. Proverbs 8 verse 35. And the team can get ready for communion in a few seconds. Proverbs 8 verse 35. For whoever finds me wisdom finds life and obtains favor and grace from the Lord. Both Jesus and Samuel, the Bible says, grew in wisdom and stature and then in favor and grace with the Lord and with man. When we see God's wisdom, it will release divine favor upon our life. One last scripture. I'm going to take you through every scripture. I'm not going to skip one. So, there's still enough time for lunch. Amen? Are you still good for one more? Come on. This is a hungry church. Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 4. It says this, Do not let mercy, kindness, and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So I just wanted to encourage us this morning, church, continue to walk in righteousness. Continue to seek the Lord for wisdom, especially really any area. If it's your marriage, if it's your family, if it's your business, don't just run with ideas. Pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, this is an impossible situation. We need your wisdom. The Bible says in James that he will not deny wisdom when you seek him for it. We ask the Lord for wisdom every single day for this church. We cannot afford it for our personal lives. And it's the same for, for your calling, for your area of work and your area of service, for your family, for your children, in Jesus' name. Seek his wisdom and favor will follow. I want us to go into prayer this morning as we end the service. And we're going to end with communion as well. But I first, if you just want to close your eyes this morning, I want to pray for a first group of people that um, we want to pray first and foremost, this favor, this divine favor that we were speaking about this morning is available to children of God. And you know, many times we walk in this world and maybe we grew up in a church but we don't actually ever remember a time where we were born again where we made a decision to receive this undeserved unmerited favor and grace and love from the Lord and I want as every every uh, head is bowed and eye is closed I want to pray and I want to give an opportunity we always want to do this if there is anyone here this morning and and you can honestly if you just think for a moment in your heart, you're not sure whether you are truly born again. You can't remember a time that you actually accepted the Lord and decided to give your life to Him and to follow Him wholeheartedly. I want to give an opportunity, and all I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray for you. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to just raise your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. The Bible says in John 1, verse 11, 12, and 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, he gives the right to become children of God. And so this divine favor is for children of God, people who have been born again spiritually, made a decision to follow Jesus. All right, if there's no one here this morning, then I thank you, Lord, that I've been speaking to every single child of God in this room this morning. And what I want to do is I want to ask the team to hand out communion right now for us. And as the team hands out communion, I want you to just hold on to the communion in your hand. And instead of praying for you this morning, we're going to declare our faith together. We're going to speak our faith into the atmosphere. 
so that our hearts can hear, the spiritual realm can hear. And when we do that, it actually transforms not only the atmosphere, but our thinking. It breaks down lies that we might believe, strongholds that we might be holding on to. And so as the team hands that out, I want you to just hold on to that. And then I'll end for us with that declaration. As they hand out, I'll, I'll share this last story. I remember JC always sharing this story of Wim Neville who started Living Word 37 years ago in Pretoria. And he was a spiritual, still is a spiritual father to JC. And JC said to him, Wim, how did you get to this place? I mean, he's, you see the fruit of his ministry, 37 years. He's still happily married. His children serve the Lord. In fact, his son is now taken over Living Word nationally. And they've got over 10,000 people in the congregation. They've got properties. They've, got, they've planted, I don't know how many, 26, 27 churches all over South Africa and now Namibia. And JC said to him, Oom moet oom gekom tot waar oom is vandaag. And Wim Neville said to him, Elke ding wat die Heere voor my kom sit het, het ek besef ek het die prijs om te betaal. Walking in the Lord's favor will cost us something. It will cost us obedience. It will cost us faith steps. Whatever it is that the Lord lead us to. When the team's done, maybe can you also bring me communion? Thank you. It will cost us something. But you know what? Is there any other way? Who does not want the divine favor of God upon your life? Who does not want to walk in everything that the Lord has for you? Who does not want to walk in every single promise that God has for you? Thanks, Em. Who does not want that? As parents, we need God's divine favor for our children. As a married couple, you need God's divine favor in your marriage, in your life, in your finance. As a business owner, you need God's divine favor. When everyone else is sinking in a global economy, you go, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Suddenly your business is increasing. Why? Because of the divine favor of the Lord. Thank you so much. I want you to hold your communion in your hand this morning. And then I'm going to ask Jock to help me. And there's going to be a few declarations on the screen. What is a declaration? It's when I come into agreement with the Word of God over my life. I speak what He speaks. I think what He thinks. And I confess it into the atmosphere. And so I'm going to read for us. And I want us to all say this out loud. Jesus. Okay, we, we can read together. Jesus, Jesus, we we thank you for the sacrifice of your blood and your body. We thank you for your unmerited favor, grace, and mercy in our lives. Thank you for all that you have provided for us through the new covenant of grace. We declare today that we are blessed of the Lord. We declare that every promise in your word is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We are healed. We are redeemed. We are loved. Let's say that again. We are healed. We are redeemed. We are loved. We are highly favored. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We will lack no good thing because you are our provider. As we put your kingdom first, all these things will be added unto us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. His favor surrounds us like a shield. Doors will open for us that no man can shut. We are filled with His divine grace, favor, and wisdom. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name, amen.
And Father, we thank you this morning for your unmerited grace and your unmerited favor. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice that because of you, because of your obedience, because of your righteousness, we have been made righteous and we can walk in the divine love and favor and goodness and receive every promise that you have for us in your word. And so this morning, we thank you for your body that was broken for us so that we can be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. Let's receive his body together. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for your blood that was spilled for us. Lord, that not only did we receive forgiveness of our sins, but, Father, we have entered into a brand new covenant of grace. We receive your blood that was shed for us on this cross, and we remember this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that I can just pray and release a blessing over your children this morning, over our church, every family, every child upstairs in kids' church, everyone that's not here today. And Lord, I pray a blessing over them. I pray your divine favor will go ahead of them, around them, behind them. I pray that your presence will go before them. And Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fill us and guide us to follow you, to walk in righteousness, to walk in obedience, to walk by faith and not by sight. May we be known as a church, Lord, that simply wholeheartedly just seeks you and follows you. If that's all we are known for, Lord, may your hand be visible upon us. We bless your name today and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, family. We pray the word has blessed you this morning. And uh, I want to say this, if you need prayer for any breakthrough in your life or maybe there's favor that you are trusting for and you just need someone to agree with you, our ministry team will be in front. Otherwise, go and have a coffee. Have a blessed Sunday.